Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing today? I am finally relaxed and all about the wish. It's only taken, you know, two and a half weeks after I got off the ship for me to totally think about everything, have it all in my head, and be ready to share more great news about it. Well, tonight is our third and potentially final show about the the wish that has uh, the experience that Sandy just experienced. The first one was our overview. The second one was very specific to dining. And this third one is going to be all about our staterooms, which for me, when planning a cruise is always the thing that, as you know, because you're my travel specialist, I come to you with the most questions on because there are so many different things that go into deciding what exact itinerary you want, but more importantly, what room you want, what works best for you. So there are a lot of questions we can frame it with the ships that already were in existence, somebody that doesn't know anything about it. There's going to be just a million things that we're going to take it here. How does that sound for you? It sounds great, but I'm going to give a little quick disclaimer. Sure. This ship is going to be the hardest one to decide on your stateroom when I tell you all the differences. We're going to start with what sent the internet wild, which is sort of not really your stateroom, but outside of your stateroom. Okay. So if you've been on a Disney cruise before, or maybe you haven't even done your first one, but you're in a cruise group, you're constantly hearing about FEs or fish extenders. The fish extender is kind of like a little secret Santa that goes on on the ship between guests and the fish are gone. They've been replaced with other things. Normally you've got a fish outside of your door. It has like a clip feature to it. They'll leave you notes. You can hang your fish extender and everybody went wild that the fishes and the seahorses are gone. Lots of different things have replaced them on different floors. So that's item number one. Item number two, which I will admit, I was one of the people that went scrambling two days before my cruise. Again, silly thing, but something major to regular Disney cruisers. The number design on your stateroom door has changed. It used to be this round circle that many people called a porthole with your number on it. And if you decorated your door, again, a big hobby on Disney Cruise Line, that circle was perfect to attach two Mickey ears to the top or a whole outfit and use that circle as a face. I will admit I've got about 12 different outfits. I change my door every day (laughs) and none of my magnets work with the new number system. (laughs) And again, these new number plates are different on different floors. So they, they went for reimagined. I get why it's Disney. They're never going to stick with the status quo, but I've said it before and I know I'm not alone. I don't do change well. And that was a tough start. Well, for returning cruisers, that will matter for someone who this is going to be their first ship. They'll have absolutely no idea what we're talking about right here. But I do appreciate that you're like, it's a silly thing as if those of us that are recording this podcast or fans of this podcast or fans of Disney don't fill your time with silly things to begin with. I mean, we are holding a podcast about it's all a mouse. I mean, let's let's be fair at this point. So hey, let me just tell you, 
All those Etsy shops have been going wild trying sure. to redesign their doormat. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. What else? There were a couple of things that you just couldn't help but compare. Okay. The first is, again, if you've sailed before, you're used to that little three-drawer dresser and you have your ice bucket on top. Right. That's gone. And it took me a little bit to figure out. I mean, I noticed it missing right away. And it really, for me, giving up that storage was tough. And I kept trying to figure out why it was missing. And the answer that I'm going to give you is that these rooms, while very, very similar in square footage to the dream and the fantasy, are slightly narrower. That meant we had to give up that storage. And the spot where you really notice that the room is narrower is in the bathroom. Okay. It's just not as deep. I can't tell you exactly how many square feet are missing, whether your little hallway is a little wider, but the bathroom has like zero depth to it. You walk in and either the door or the commode is hitting you. It's very tight in there now. It's a good thing that they have that split bath, which we love. Yes. Yes. And then the last thing that Again, to me, is a big difference. The standard layout of the stateroom is the same. So you're going to walk into that little hall, depending whether you have what I call a left-handed room or a right-handed room. Either the closet or the bathrooms is on your left and the opposite is on your right. And when you get to the end of that tiny little hallway, you're in the master part of the bedroom that's going to have your queen bed. After the queen bed, there's a curtain that you can close to separate that master area from where the kids are sleeping. That's where you're going to have your couch that folds down and your pull down bunk and maybe your Murphy bed. They used to have the TV right where that curtain was. And so you could swivel it to the left if you wanted to watch it in the master Or you could swivel it to the right if you wanted the kids or whoever was sleeping on the sofa bed to watch it. Now it's mounted right across from the foot of the bed of the master. So once you close that curtain, the other half of the room has no opportunity to watch TV. And listen, I know you're not going on a cruise to watch TV, but they have great bedtime stories and some kids need that or need the light of that. So keep that in mind. Yeah, just good to know. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about categories. And I will say more concierge rooms, more concierge options than we've seen before. Well, I'm glad you brought up categories because realistically, when I was introducing the show this evening, that was really my main concept there is there are so many categories. There are so many things that you know you have to choose from that may work for your traveling party, may not. Let's talk about the categories. First of all, you know, you said they've reimagined certain things. Are the categories what we're used to? For the most part, yes. We lost a regular category. We gained a lot of concierge categories. Okay. So one of the hallmarks of Disney Cruise Line is that more than 90% of their staterooms have that split bathroom that we've talked about. Correct. One room that's a sink and a toilet and a second room that's a sink and a shower slash tub combo. And they were everywhere but the standard inside stateroom. So we used to have standard inside and then deluxe inside. Correct. And then we moved up to outside. There are no deluxe inside rooms on this ship. So if you go with inside, 
you're giving up that split bathroom. The thing that holds a lot of people up when you get into even saying, do I want an inside? Do I want a balcony? Is there's lots of numbers and letters. So I'm going to give you a basic understanding that a number is always going to be the same kind of room. So a 5A, a 5B, a 5C, those are identical staterooms. The A, B, and C deal with location. And in theory, and I'll say that again, in theory, (laughs) it is believed that the A is the best location, B is next, and C is below that. We've talked before that everybody's version of best is different. So we can definitely get into it with anybody looking to plan how to make that choice. But know that the rooms are the same, except here's our big except on this ship. And I said to you, it's going to be the hardest to choose. They have decided that different decks will have different themes in the stateroom. So, for example, if you have a room on deck eight or deck nine, it's going to be either Sleeping Beauty or Princess and the Frog. If you have a room on deck 10, it's going to be Moana. If you've got deck two, deck six or deck seven, it's going to be Cinderella art in your room. If you've got deck 11, it's Little Mermaid. Deck 12, 13 are Tangled. So, You may look at it now and you want the best room, but your child's a big Moana fan. So you want to end up on deck 10 instead of the room you were looking at at deck nine. I'm going to say don't drive yourself totally crazy about it, but we all know it's Disney and we all obsess over these little details. It's just another thing, another way to pick your room, right? Whether you're deciding whether you should be on the front of the ship, the back of the ship, the middle of the ship, a certain deck close to this, close to that. Now it's also, here's the theming of your room. So it's just, it's another reason to go to a travel specialist to be perfectly fair, because there's just too many things to think about. First, you know, let's go back to the other categories. Cause you had mentioned the, the, the deluxe inside room, losing that split bath, as we had discussed, what about the other categories that we're used to Are do they remain the same? Are we looking at the same type of layout when we're looking at the accommodations? How does it working? They're going to be 99% the same, that deluxe ocean stateroom. And again, the word deluxe means it's got the split bath. Right. I am going to back up to one other detail that I did not talk about. When we talk about the inside rooms, we know that the original ships for Disney were the magic and the wonder and their sister ships and they're 99% identical. Our next two ships, the dream and the fantasy, are sister ships, and they're 99% identical. And we've typically, as technology and time comes about, we see newer and better things. One of the things that I loved on the dream and the fantasy is if you had an inside room, you got something called a magical porthole. It was a porthole, like a picture in your wall. It had a live camera feed to the outside of the ship in the section of the ship you were in. So at any time, if you turned on the live feed, you could figure out, was it day? Was it night? Was it raining? But what also made it magical is every couple of minutes, a different piece of Disney animation floated across your screen. 
whether it was the characters from Up, the characters from Nemo, you had that extra fun piece. And I was really surprised that we lost the magical portholes on those on the inside rooms on this ship. So be aware, again, that's one of those differences that may or may not be the make or break to somebody. Well, it is definitely a difference from, from the existing ships, though, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Let's talk about the other accommodations. The deluxe ocean room is going to sleep up to four. The family ocean room sleeps up to five, so it's going to be a little bit larger. It's going to have that queen bed like we talked about, the sofa that pulls down, the bunk that pulls from the ceiling with great fun design up in the ceiling once you're on it, and then that Murphy bed that comes down to accommodate the fifth person. And I think it's important for people to know if you're a first-time cruiser and you're listening to this, I love all of the beds on this because although they're kind of hidden during the day, they're all pull down beds versus pull out beds. And the difference means that the mattress is always one solid unfolded piece. So you don't have that question like, you know, the old pull out mattresses and the sofa that you might have at home that it's been pulled out and pushed back in so many times that you can kind of see the waves in the bend. Here, the back of the sofa folds down onto the couch. So again, that one mattress, the Murphy bed, one flat mattress. And that's going to be the same layout in the ocean rooms, the deluxe ocean and the deluxe veranda, and then the family ocean and the family veranda. The difference is a little bit in square footage. The square footage goes into your veranda. Got it. And the veranda piece is, is always an interesting one. Definitely talk to your travel specialist to figure out if, it, if that's necessary for you. Do you want to circle back to the concierge rooms? Does that make sense at this time? It does. Okay. So let's break that down because you said we did get some different options there. People will often say, well, what is concierge? Do I pay for it? Why do I want to pay for it? And like we talk about with the resorts, it depends how you're going to make use of it. One great benefit from concierge is they get to do all of their onboard bookings and their excursion bookings sooner than a first-time cruiser. They all get to book at 120 days out regardless of their castaway club status. They get preferred boarding when you first get to whatever port you're sailing out of, in this case, Port Canaveral, Florida, they have a private lounge on board. You can go in there for drinks all hours of the day, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. They have a private pool deck just for the concierge guests. And they have some special little treats in turndown service and other things for your children. So it is a different level of service, very similar to our club level services within the resorts. So within that concierge umbrella, there are different accommodations, correct? Do you want to break those down? There are, and they go from, I'll say the most basic, but (laughs) basic is... Only when you compare it to the other things. (laughs) Right. To holy moly, how is this on a ship? (laughs) Well, why don't we do this then? Why don't we start from the most extravagant? Because we don't really typically do that. Let's start with the most extravagant and work our way back to what you said was <laughs> the most quote unquote, I guess, commonplace of the, of the concierge level. So 
let's say that you are that guest that happens to be listening to the show. It's going to call Sandy afterwards and say, I, I need this ridiculous accommodation for my family. What is the top of the line accommodation here in the concierge level? So I'm going to pick top of the line based on price. Okay. And if you're calling to say that you want one of these, I encourage you to be super flexible in your travel date because like this funnel suite that I'm going to talk about, there is one. So it's either booked or it's not. There's not a lot of option. Okay. And so as its name implies, the funnel suite is in the front funnel of the ship. Nice. It it is gorgeous. It has a two-story living room with floor-to-ceiling windows. It has sleeps eight, two bedrooms, four and a half bathrooms, (laughs) over 1,900 square feet. I think the master bedroom, the master bath, and the master walk-in closet is probably the size of about four of the staterooms below it. And that doesn't even accommodate, you know, take into account everything else in the room. Massive, just massive, just massive, two stories, spiral staircase. Um, The master, again, gorgeous soaking tub in the funnel. It does not have a glass view because of where the funnel is. It would not be private if it was the bathroom. Only the living room has that full glass and it does look onto a pool deck and into the ocean. Um, But for example, the foot of the bed has what looks like just a kind of regular footboard. But if you press the button, the TV, the giant screen TV that's as wide as your queen size bed rises from your feet. Of course, does. I mean, they didn't spare <laughs> any expense in here from the decor to the marble in the bathroom to the artwork and things in the living room. It does have a butler's pantry to it as well. One of the bonuses of staying in the suites is if you're in the one bedroom or higher. You can have any of the dining rooms delivered to you, including Palo. Wow. So there is room for dining as well. I I hesitated when you asked about the top suite because, again, I wouldn't turn down an invitation to stay in any of these. However, the one thing the funnel suite is missing, in my humble opinion, is any outdoor space. Again, I talked a minute ago about the location of the funnel. So there is no balcony on the very top suite. Yeah, that, that's that's an odd choice, right? It's a gorgeous, gorgeous room and unique. You stayed in the funnel of a ship. Right. But again, because of its location, my personal choice would be the two-story royal suite you can either have the Princess Aurora one or the Princess Briar Rose. And you know, when they're naming them, they're pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Again, two stories, master bedroom on the first floor. And I don't mean the literal first floor of the ship. I mean, the first floor <laughs> of this room. Right. Obviously. We were touring it and there were probably 15 of us trying to tour the room at the same time. And quick, funny story that you'll see in the video. 
we went from the master bedroom and we were all trying to be respectful of everybody trying to take photos and videos. And so you thought that the person was opening the door and going into the bathroom and the door automatically closes behind them and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, we've done this in several other rooms and how long are you actually photographing a bathroom? <laughs> right. Um, there is an entire walk-in closet with this long hallway in between the master bedroom and the master bath. So you had to go through multiple doors just to get from the bedroom to the bathroom. But out the other side of the master bedroom item that makes this my favorite of the suites is a phenomenal balcony, lots of seating, as well as your own private hot tub. Very cool. Head up the stairs to a second bedroom that has a glass window out to the ocean and a glass window looking into the two-story living room. And again, no expense was spared here. All the thought, that glass window, simply push a button on the remote and it frosts over so that nobody from downstairs can look into your bedroom. Very, very cool. All right. So that's the two-story Royal. Now we've got to go to the lower level thing. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. My. How terrible. How terrible. From the two-story Royal to the one-story Royal. <laughs> the one-story Royal is Sleeping Beauty themed. And again, a bathroom. Amazing. I'd like to move some of these bathrooms off the ship and into my house. If you mm. haven't been able to tell, I'm a little bathroom obsessed with these phenomenal tubs. And to be clear, the soaking tub is in the main part of these bathrooms, but there is still one or two stall showers in the master, as well as a second bathroom in the other bedroom. So lots of beauty and elegance. Again, I struggle with this. As gorgeous as these rooms are, these are three and four night sailings. I don't know that I would ever want to leave my room. There's just only so many hours in the day. And either I wouldn't leave my room or I wouldn't sleep for three days. I'm not sure. There you go. Um, what other concierge options before we put a bow on this particular show do you want to mention? The one bedroom with an extended balcony, a regular one bedroom, as well as a family veranda and unique here is there is a family ocean without veranda. We haven't seen that option for concierge on any of the other ships. So again, a new way to get into concierge. I'll say at a lower price point because it's lower than the suites. It's certainly more than the family ocean room in the rest of the ship. And again, the size of a family ocean concierge or not, is going to be the same. The artwork, as we discussed, is going to change, but it's really about, are you going to get value out of that concierge service? Well, and I, get, I think that's where the travel specialist comes in, and that's why we have you. What haven't we covered tonight that we think we need to leave everyone with before we say goodnight? I think one thing that we run into a lot in explaining to guests is Room occupancy that you may read on the website or a ship map or whatever blogger you might be following. And I hope it's us, not them. So you're getting all the right info mm -hmm. versus the reality of that ship. 
this doesn't work like a hotel room. So Jeff, I'm going to use your family for an example, if you don't mind. No, not at all. You and your wife decide you're going to leave the kids at home. This is not going to be home alone, you know, happening in your <laughs> right, house. Right, but right. you and your wife are going to take a cruise, just the two of you. You have this stateroom that says it sleeps up to four, but there's the two of you. Maybe you're not sure about the kids. Maybe you want a lower deposit, but you're thinking just like a hotel room, it sleeps for no problem. About a week before the cruise, you call me and you say, Sam, change of plans. The kids are coming. Right. Just because your stateroom has bedding doesn't mean you can add more people to the room. First of all, with the ships, there are more beds than there are lifeboat spaces. Mm. So there will be times where they'll say, aft of the ship has no rooms that are quad occupancy. Sometimes there's even no rooms with triple occupancy. You might have to move to a different category, a different section of the ship, whatever it might be. Also, the occupancy listed is the maximum for that category. So when we were talking about our standard deluxe rooms that we say sleep up to four because they have that pull-down bunk, that pull-down bunk is not in every room. So my advice is always check what the bedding is. If you want, you know, to be able to separate everybody and you want that fifth sleeping bed, don't just pick a room that says it holds five when you're only four people. You need to verify that it has that bed. And when in doubt, reserve for everybody up front. That'll give you the lowest price. And up until final payment, you can take them off, but then you're assured there's room for everybody. Great tips. You know, I've mentioned it a couple of times. There's been videos, there's been photos. Check out social media, check out YouTube. Our stuff is everywhere. Sandy experienced it firsthand. That's why you're the Disney expert. Thank you for taking the time for a third time to break down this awesome ship. It's it's very exciting to hear. I can't wait to sail. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks. You too. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.